Welcome, Brian. Hey, Jason. And how are you? I'm good. Uh, I want to first start off by saying uh, welcome to our listeners in Namibia. Hello. <laughs> we, have, we have listeners in Namibia. I, I, saw, I was looking at the stats this morning. I saw because we've only had South Africans uh, listening up until now. And I'm like, when are we going to get somebody else in Africa? And uh, Namibia popped up today. So that I, I was tickled pink about that. So welcome. Welcome. Excellent. I'll have to uh, check out your Wikipedia page just in case any questions come up about your country in my regular pub trivia. This gives me an excuse. <laughs> uh, we still don't have anybody in Wyoming, believe it or not. I, I think you would just got to let that one go, man. It's a big white square on this otherwise blue country. So well, That's kind of how I, I feel about it in general. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh, well. So... <laughs> We're going to do something a little different this week because we've been so damn busy. Neither one of us has had time to do any research like we normally do. That's true. on on the cool stuff that's going on in the world. I got we got a few got a few things, but not a not bit. a lot. Yeah. So it's I our do holiday wanna, episode. We're going to relax and take it a bit easy. Yes, it's our pre-Thanksgiving episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you doing anything fun for Thanksgiving? Going anywhere? Uh, no, you know, I'm, I'm, my family's just down in, in the kind of suburbs of Los Angeles, so I'll be going down there and my sister will be coming down with my, uh, with my nephew who I've really only seen twice so far. So that'll be nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Should be a nice relaxing holiday. Should be. So I've been, uh, to do a little follow up on the last episode where I pissed and moaned about clients not paying. Yes. Um, they paid. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Turns out, uh, as they say, turns out, uh, it was it was actually everything they said. <laughs> they all the all the uh, excuses that you normally get that are that tend to be standard bullshit. Yeah. In this case, they all kind of were true. Believe well, it or not, you know that that does occasionally happen. I'm sure, but uh, yeah. it is it is kind of more rare. And I'm glad you got your money. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm me just, too. Uh, I was just whining and moaning about that uh, yesterday because uh, I I have one client in particular whose name will not be named but uh they consistently never ever pay uh they're on a monthly retainer i send them an invoice every single month for the exact same amount and 30 days after the invoice has been sent uh they've never ever ever paid us and i have to send the invoice a second time and then 30 days later they'll pay us so they always pay us basically a month and a month late after a second uh, second reminder. And I just finally wrote them an email saying, this has happened consistently now for a year. Why can you not just send the invoice? <laughs> no yep. answer. No answer. So. <laughs> well, might be time to fire them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, <laughs> easier said than done because I need that money, even if it does show up late. So. That, that's true. That, that's the downside of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the downside of, of doing this whole consulting or working for yourself thing. So... Uh, the nice thing is I did figure out everything that I need to do to uh, go after deadbeat clients now. So I have I have uh, processes and people in place to do my, my bidding for me. So in the future, in the future, if I get screwed, <laughs> well, when I get screwed, because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I put in the legwork and actually have like debt collectors and people who will hound other clients when when unfortunately it, it becomes necessary. So. Right. It, well, it it's worth that that peace of mind alone is really worth the the hassle that I went through. 
So if you run a small business like we do, it's it's really worth just taking a taking a day or two, make some phone calls, and get that kind of uh, system in place. Yeah. You know, because when the, when the day comes, you just want to be able to drop a drop a phone call and say, "Look, here's the contract. Here's where we're at." You know, release rele- release the hounds. Release the hounds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an extremely good thing to have in place because it will happen to you if if you do this for a living, um, without a doubt, at some point. So, have your ducks in order, just like everything else. Absolutely. So, I did get to see uh, Ender's Game. Did you finally? I'm actually. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I have not seen it yet. Ironically, I'm planning to see it tomorrow. So, we'll see. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I give it a solid B minus. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what I've heard from friends of mine that have seen it and kind of just reading some of the the reviews online is it's a relatively solid sci-fi flick that uh you know covers the basics of the story without any of the interesting psychological aspects yeah there's a lot missing i mean huge holes they they mention technology that uh they never explain uh they never even explain the twist ending (laughs) so it just (laughs) You cut if you haven't read the book, you'd probably be scratching your head. I'm thinking at the end of it, it was. Uh, I mean, it was pretty. I give it that. They did a, mm-hmm. did, did a pretty good job with the zero G stuff, which I which was what I was really looking forward to. All the training stuff when he was in in the academy. Yeah, they, I think they did a pretty good job with that. It was. I mean, all in all, yeah, solid B minus. Solid B minus. All right, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna see it. Um, it's funny because I, I think a couple episodes ago you were talking about how you didn't care about the whole theater experience and I was expounding about how I still like it for certain things, yet I can never, ever get my ass into a movie theater. Finally going to do it. I'm going to go see Ender's Game in the theater. Um, I'll probably have a little bit to say about it next week, but probably not that much. It's it's just a sci-fi flick that that was never going to make a great movie uh, based on the book. So I'm good to hear. it's good to hear that they did a good job. I also did kind of read a bit about Harrison Ford's performance. What were your thoughts on that? I thought it was good. I had no, I had no complaints about it. Right, all right. Uh, I had heard from a few people that he's basically just become a, a grumpy old nerf herder and just sits there and, and is cranky on screen these days, which seems to be his his normal roles, at least in the last few movies. Well, I thought that, that's what he was supposed to be in this in this movie, so I thought he played it pretty well. All right, well, good ca- good casting then. Yeah, that was perfect casting, I, and I, I like him. I mean, in real life, he's really bizarre, but you know. That's what happens. He's Han Solo and Indiana Jones for people about our age and a little bit older, a little bit younger. He's basically God. So, yeah, you can't go wrong there. He, he gets a, he's got the God complex and he gets a pass. <laughs> he, he honestly gets a pass. He's Han Solo. He gets a pass. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, listening to uh, what was it? Um, Adam Savage's podcast this week. I have not listened to that yet. Oh man, it's really good. It's uh, called the Untitled Adam Savage Project, I believe. Uh, yeah, Untitled the Adam Savage Project. It's it's really good. There's some there's some really cool behind the scenes stuff that he talks about, and his his castmates are pretty cool. Uh, I don't know the site that they they come from. It's called Tested, but I've never really seen much about that site. I don't really have the time to go find a new website to read. But they were talking this week about um, the MythBusters tour because he's going on tour. And they're not coming to Chicago, which kind of pisses me off. I'd, I'd like to go see it. So I, I was looking at uh, Milwaukee because Milwaukee's not that far. I can do a quick hop up. Right. And the tickets are just redonkulously expensive, like in the, like the $100 range. Yeah. Yeah. And Everybody seems to do that now. I don't understand. Like we're, they know we don't – You know, there's not a lot of money. It's a bad economy. Um, 
these some of these like I'm sure their show doesn't cost a tremendous amount of money to put on. They're not like have five tractor trailers following them around with a 75 person crew. Why so expensive? I have no goal because they can, I guess. Yeah, because they can. Right. I'd pay it. So, yeah, they've got two tour buses that they're taking around. Jamie's got one. Adam's got the other and they split the crew. Um, But here's here's why I brought it up. I went to the Ticketmaster site Mm -hmm. and now they, they have bastardized the CAPTCHA. To a point where it's even more annoying than a regular CAPTCHA. And it captures those little things where you type in to prove you're a human. It's like they, with the jumbled up letters, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, Ticketmaster has done is now, when you see the CAPTCHA, there was, uh, mine was an ad for Swiffer. I was about to ask, are they ads? Because I've seen that recently where, where the CAPTCHAs have now become ads. So to get the code to put in, like the, the code to put in the box, you have to watch a commercial. Right. Are you are you kidding me? I'm getting ready to spend a hundred dollars on a ticket with a with an ass raping Ticketmaster surcharge, and you want me to see an ad in front of it? Screw you! I just closed the window and and walked away. Right? Yeah, Ticketmaster is evil as all hell. Not surprising. Uh, I I I think they're probably one of the first commercial sites that I've heard about that's that's using the ad captures. Uh, you know, it makes sense for free content. Okay, fine. I get that. But yeah, Ticketmaster is a site where you are going to pay for something anyways, and then they throw on their own fees and their own this-that fee and complete bullshit fees that you don't even understand. Screw you, Ticketmaster. Yeah. I mean, it's such a rape fest. <laughs> and it's just greedy. Greedy, greedy, greedy. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ticketmaster. So we, last week we talked about that little coin gizmo to, yeah. store, to store your credit cards because obviously you have too many and your wallet gets fat. Yes, yeah, we talked about it. And I had a very heated conversation with a couple of friends about it in a, in a bar after they had listened to our episode. And, and how did that go down? <laughs> well, one person completely agreed with me and the other funded it and thinks we're full of shit. And then immediately and was, you know, they're going to fix all that before they actually release it. And I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. But he did send me the article that uh, that uh, we're about to talk about a little bit, where they did start to fix some of some of the concerns that we had addressed. So, yeah, I think the I think the feedback was so great that in every and it's kind of the nice thing about asking people for money for a product that doesn't exist yet is you can get feedback on the features that you don't have <laughs> for the product that doesn't yet exist. Um, the, yeah, well, the you know the, out, you're outsourcing your R and D now as well. Yep. The uh, I think the big one was the uh, the fact that you could the waitress or the waitron or whatever you want to call them uh, can scroll through your cards and char- either charge the wrong one or while they're in the back with their scanner for their you yeah. know their card or friends take all your cards at once instead of just the one that you would normally give them. Yes, so now so, you can lock it, so that won't happen anymore. Um, they're going to do pin support, which I'm happy to hear about because I, I, if you're an American and you don't travel abroad much, you probably have never come across this whole chip thing that they put in credit cards, which everybody else in the world does, and it makes it a lot easier and a lot more secure. Uh, apparently, they're going to start rolling that out here in the U.S., and they're going to support that with the coin as well. So that's okay. a good thing. Yeah, uh, these are, you know, this is first world problems, I guess. Yeah, definitely first world problems. I mean, I, I like the concept. Uh, if they're going to take care of all the security concerns that you and I have talked about, I'd love to have one of these things. I don't even have that many credit cards, but just, uh, you know, I've got that, uh, what's the iPhone case that you you would recommend it to me to pick up? Uh, it wasn't me that recommended it. If it's got the, if it's the one with the card slots on the back? That one, yes. That, that wasn't me. I, oh, okay. I, I don't approve of those. <laughs> well, I quite like it, and if I had a coin and I could just slip that right back here, that's all I'm taking with me from now on. That'd be great. You know, I just put in my business card, I put in my personal card, I'm good to go. 
Yeah, that's at, I'm I'm at the point where I have one card. <laughs> that's it. So the coin would be wasting fifty bucks for putting in my one card. Yeah, yeah, that was actually uh, my other friend has felt felt the same way. He basically just uses one card, so he's like, I'm already just walking around with one card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so. but you know, I, I get it for like. For for people that are you know have business cards or you know you, you've got your corporate card you've got your ATM card you've got your personal credit card you've got your miles card that you use for this or that or whatever sure this makes total sense now as long as you know all the security stuff is taken care of yeah so I'm, I'll be curious when if they finally roll these things out um, what the what the general consensus is. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you're one, you're you're somebody that kind of leaps in usually on technology. I'm never a first adopter on this stuff, so I'll let somebody else get it and then take a look. Yeah, and speaking of leaping in, man, I went and uh, I sold my iPad Mini this week, right? And I was going to go without for a while and wait for the Retina Minis to come out, and then get one with the um, the LTE so I could dump my crappy Sprint MiFi. But I was listening to a podcast that somebody just picked up the new iPad Air and said that the weight difference was so negligible negligible that it wasn't even worth getting a mini. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Went on. And within five minutes, I'm like, there's some good social proof right there. It's a technologist. I, I respect his opinion. And within uh, – 30 minutes, I got my email from the Apple store. You can come pick up your goodies. So I went down and I picked it up. So and? I now have an, an iPad, a 32-gig iPad Air with uh, Verizon LTE. Okay. It is amazing. It is, it is what the iPad always should have been. Right. The thing is so unbelievably light that, I, I mean, I'm having a hard time putting it down. <laughs> yeah, I still have a first-generation iPad, and that thing just feels clunky and old to me now. Well, it is, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I know it is, but uh, but yeah, I, I basically only use my mini. But I think it is uh, this Christmas season might be time to to upgrade to the the bigger version, the iPad Air. So, yeah, because I wasn't the the mini was fine for me, mm-hmm. but except for doing business stuff, I needed more screen real estate, and I had a three like the three Retina when it came out, and I loved it, but it was just too damn heavy. Yeah. Like after after about you know half an hour of typing on it, like I'd lose uh, feeling in my fingers because of the, just the way it sits on your fingers and it pinches the nerves. Uh, and literally, like the, the bottom three fingers on each hand would go numb after about a half an hour of using it. So I'm like, well, there's a design flaw. <laughs> and <laughs> so this this totally got me back into it. But man, this thing is sweet. The biggest the biggest issue is I haven't been able to get my Verizon LTE to work yet. So I have to go sit on the phone for probably an hour with them. Yeah, yeah. I went through all the all the online registration, put in my credit card, everything. Picked the five gigabyte a month plan, and uh, it's like, okay, here we go. And it did all this cycling, and it's like, okay, you're. Oh, oh no! Then it, there was a problem, and I had to go reset all the carrier settings, and then it did it again. Now it says it works, and. Uh, then it just keeps cycling and says, oh, you're out of minutes. Would you like to re-up? And I go, yes, because <laughs> I'm like, well, what the hell? Then it shows me the page. It says, oh, if you'd like to go re-up, go to the Verizon app and log in. I'm like, well, I can't log in because I never got a confirmation with my username or password or anything. It like totally died halfway through the, the process. Oh, that's a drag. Yeah, it's no yeah, good. I've never had issues with Verizon, but uh, yeah. Oh, well. It's my first foray into them because I've got uh, AT&T for my right. other stuff. But if I if I got the AT and T iPad, then they kill your grandfathered old uh, data plan, and I'm I'm telling you, I'm never giving that up. Uh, no, and you shouldn't. Hold uh, on to that thing as long as you can. <laughs> yeah, so far, man, this thing is gorgeous. It feels great. Um, pricey, yes, but 
uh, it's you know for me it's business. I've got all my SSH stuff in there now. Works the um, I'll talk about some of the apps that I got later on, but it's for work now. This thing is actually really nice, especially with the problems with uh, OS ten Mavericks and Mail and Gmail. All these problems that everybody's having. Yeah. I've been oh my a god. Lot about that. No, I've got two machines side by side. I've got my iMac and my Air, both running Mail, both connecting to the same Gmail accounts. Completely, each one's out of sync. <laughs> the only, the best place to get my Mail to work is on iOS. iOS works great still. So I guess they're working with Google to get these these issues sorted out, and they've done a they've done a point release already to kind of fix some of them. But man, yeah, the syncing issues with the Gmail IMAP stuff is terrible right now. Right. Yeah. Well, iOS is actually still having some people are still having a lot of problems with with their syncing in general. That seems to be what is causing the the blue screen of death errors on the iPhone fives that we were talking about a bit last week. So uh-huh. and there's been no update for it. Uh, you know, I checked out. I'm not personally having the problem, but a, a friend of mine is, and I looked into you know the Apple support forums. It's there's a lot of people out there having this problem. It's recurring, and there's no fix yet. Yeah. Well, they, they uh, did a release a developer release for seven one. So that that hit the the airwaves this week, right? Hopefully, they oh, take care of it. Al- along with uh, push notifications to Safari desktop, and Enjoy. I was like, "What?" So now, even just just regular people who visit your website, if they're using Safari on the desktop, mm-hmm. uh, you can sign them up for push notifications for when you have new content. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking about it. I'm like. You know, I can see the actual use for that. If you have like a content site that doesn't update that often, you can send them a ping and say, hey, look, we got a new article or new product out. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is uh, only 3.8% of the browser market is Safari, and I'm sure not all of that is the latest and greatest. So yeah. you're looking at a really small subsection of the populace that can use it. A very small subsection, yeah. And I would just find that incredibly annoying. Um, I mean, I guess you would only sign up for certain sites that you really wanted to get information from. But didn't we do push technology already about 10, 15 years, and that didn't really go so well? Well, that was a little different. That was just all content push. And so everything was going out. Yeah, push. It was the big, uh, the big wired farce, <laughs> farce article. And, and, yeah, all the IT departments turned it off. So whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a novelty. I, don't, I already had a client saying, hey, can we implement this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Not going to happen. But well, you, we shouldn't. You, no, we've got we've got other fish to fry right now. So uh, let's let's just hold off on that one. Yeah, you know, I, I would be I'll be amazed the first time I see. Oh wait, I'm not going to see it because I use Chrome. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had my experiment when I when I went back to Safari when Mavericks came out, and it's it's one of those issues where uh, developing in Safari with their new web inspector is is terrible. Yeah. And that's the only reason that I still have a copy of Firefox is because of Firebug. Firebug oh, God, does some that is amazing stuff. Program. I love that thing. That's why it's been so hard for me to completely give up on Firefox. I end up just using Firebug all the time. It's a great program. Great program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish, I wish they would just take everything from Firebug and put it in, um, in like the Chrome Web Inspector. But I think uh, – wait, because they're different rendering engines, right? Fire, yeah. Firefox – what? because there's the Gecko engine. Is it Gecko? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, that's the, the skew with the the engines. Um, God, it's been so long since I even thought about that kind of crap. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm racking my brain trying to remember the actual platforms and everything, and I got nothing. <laughs> Gecko yeah. used to be the Firefox one. I don't know if it's still named that, and I couldn't tell you what Chrome's was. 
but they are different. I do. Uh, Chrome, Chrome, Chrome's a variant of WebKit. Uh, okay. Chrome and Safari use the same core engine, but Chrome re- recently Google has split off because they were doing most of the updates to it to WebKit. So I think they they forked it and gone their kind of their own way. So it used to be the same same basic code base for Safari and Chrome, but Chrome had some add-ons to it. But Chrome was doing so much development on it, or Google was doing so much development on it that they were finally just like, "Why are we giving everything back to Apple? We're just going to go our own way." Yeah. So, but yeah, man, front-end development still. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. so I'm doing yeah, I'm doing front-end. I'm doing CSS, HTML, JavaScript. And the whole back end in WordPress, which is uh, – so I found – I got some pretty new – pretty good swanky new tools for WordPress, uh, I got to say. There's – because this one project I'm working on, it, they wanted like all this database stuff where we have a list of um, – for the, for the sake of anonymity, let's just say shoes, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and so we need a list of sortable shoes on a page in WordPress. I'm like, how the hell yeah, am I going to do this? How do you do that? There's a there's a great plugin called Pods. So you create a pod, which is kind of just a relational data store, and you can have separate pods that are linked together with the relation, and then you can query that stuff with. You can either do it with a built-in tag, which kind of doesn't give you any flexibility, or you can write just a little bit of custom PHP, make your own page template, drop it in. Voila, Bob's your uncle. You have now sortable data fields in a WordPress page. Nice. Like that works for me. That's actually good to know, just in case. Yeah, there's a bunch of a bunch of new tools that I found having to flying by the seat of your pants. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. let's figure this one out. So <laughs> this weekend we'll be hacking the crap out of WooCommerce to make that work. Sounds exciting. No, no, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> stick a fork in my eyeball. But hey, what are you going to do? They pay. What are you going to do? They pay. Yeah, exactly. No, I got a I got an email from. Uh, an old friend, Mark Cantor, this week, uh, and he was asking me about these crazy Linux wrappers for doing uh, like high availability and self-healing Linux instances for you know big big data and, and you know the old the old the old school stuff that used to be in my life. And I'm like, dude, I I look cool. I can't really tell you much about it because right now I help small businesses and real estate de- real estate agents get online. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's that's what that's what it's devolved into. Yeah, you've left that world behind and, and moved on to the brighter, bigger world of front-end development for small businesses. I tell you what, though. like um, My friend sent me – she called me yesterday with an idea for an app. And um, she goes through the whole thing. And, and she got like six sentences into it, and I'm like, check your mail. And her idea was basically Hello for Evernote, the right. app that we covered before. And I'm like, it's already been done. She's like, damn, there really is an app for everything. Um, yeah. I'm like, yep, good thing people still need websites. So <laughs> I, that that market is not going to dry up. So that keeps us that keeps the food on the table. No, it's it's if anything, it's actually I believe the website stuff is becoming more and more important. I mean, we're seeing, you know, the free services, Twitter and Facebook, which which many, you know, businesses and entertainment entities and whatnot just started to swear by. You have to pay for it now, at least on Facebook, if you want people to see your updates and Twitter. I mean, you know, that stuff just gets buried as well. The The, the website's coming back, man. In a big way, it really is. Mm-hmm. And everybody who wanted a, a, their own custom app, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, they're finally seeing the light. Even you know, we we tell them time and time again, you don't need an app. You don't need an app. Just make your website work on a phone. Yeah, that's all you need. And now people are finally understanding, and they're going back to having their own presence that they control. That's not 
part of you know, a conglomeration, conglomeration that's going to charge you for eyeballs. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good for yeah. us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the app thing was always, I mean, at least it, certainly in my world with musicians, I mean, the stats on people who actually download musicians' apps or, or a band app is next to nothing. And, uh, you know, so the people who make them, you know, they don't bother. So it's a crap app and nobody's going to download it anyways. And you don't need it. Yeah, you don't. I mean, nobody cares. They really don't. It's like, go stop, you know, giving us band updates and go make some more music. Yeah, go record some music. And certainly don't try to charge people for your app because that's dumb. Oh, yeah. There were people that did that? Oh, you know. Everybody, well, there's a lot of fear in the industry. So, so if they smell or see the word revenue stream, that's it. We, we could charge people for this. I'm like, yeah, but then you'd actually have to put something interesting in it, or you know, some special content or something like that. So you're basically just repackaging content and selling it within an app. Uh, why not just sell the content? Yeah, it's it, yeah. They don't think about the hidden maintenance costs with it, and it's just a oh, they, they, or development costs. You know, they just go, all right, make the app. How much is that going to cost? Two hundred bucks? No. <laughs> <laughs> add two, add t- at least two zeros, and then we'll start start to talk. Exactly. Oh man. So, um, what else we've got on here? It's, like I said, it's been a slow week, man. Oh, this Walmart thing. Uh, Good times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's it's been known for a long time that Walmart employees are a huge drain on the on the economy because half of them are on welfare because they don't get paid enough. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why I don't shop there. It's like these people made over $15 billion last year. You can bump the salary. You really can. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a horrible business practices, but yeah. So the story is basically that a, a one Walmart store, uh, basically the employees put out a box behind, you know, behind the curtain. It wasn't like out front asking customers to donate, but uh, a little box to donate uh, for employees to donate to the their less fortunate employees, which is basically all of them, so they could have a nice, you know, Thanksgiving season. Yeah, and, it's uh, it's yeah. like what? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. They, so one of the employees snapped a photo of it and sent it to the. Uh, I guess the there's a specific Walmart union that keeps fighting to get them actually livable wages and stuff like that. And then you know, of course it leaked and went online and went pretty viral. So. Yeah, and I, I mean I feel bad for these guys that work there because it's I mean it's a job. So I give them credit for being out and having a job instead of just sitting home and taking all the welfare. But yeah, you know, and they they work hard. They're normal normal people with a normal crappy job so they should at least get paid enough to live oh i agree and, and what i find i mean the best part of the story for me is the uh, the walmart spokesperson's uh, turnaround on this uh let me just get the quote from the article to company spokesman cory lundberg Wait, is <laughs> yep, the guy from Office Space? <laughs> yes, it is, Lundberg. <laughs> okay. That this drive is a real and actual thing that is happening and not a piece of satire, as some suspected, shows just how much Walmart's employees care for one another, end quote. Um, yeah. Getting out the simple fact that Walmart doesn't seem to give a shit about its employees. <laughs> that's, there you go. Yeah. There you that's go. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it is that I've noticed. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this over, certainly over the last 10 years or so. We're coming up on the holiday seasons, and there's a lot of fear out there because holiday season now seems to be layoff and budget cut time. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, always, it's, I, it's always been, though. 
Yeah, I know. It's, it was just a, such a bad time to do it for, for these big companies. I mean, a bunch of people I know all over the place are in total fear. They know that another round of layoffs is going to come again before the holidays. Certainly, I mean, I've even noticed with, with a lot of my clients, it's like all of a sudden there was money that they were going to spend, but now they don't want to. And maybe we'll look at it again next year and blah, blah, blah. Certainly puts a damper in the Christmas spirit for most people. Yeah, I mean, what was it? I, I think I summed up this story before, but uh, uh, Christmas 1996, 97, when uh, uh, Viacom, which was the parent company of Paramount, where I was then working, Paramount Motion Pictures, we made the movies, uh, laid, laid off uh, 550 people right yeah. like a week and a half before Christmas because <laughs> cause the parent company bought Blockbuster and the stock needed to come up a, a, a few points. So they, they fire all the salaried employees. So on the balance sheet, it looks like they've cut all that cost, but they still have to get the job done. So then they freelance it out and contract it out, which costs them more money in the long run instead of less money. So it's a shell game for the investors that you know in, in the end is worse for them than if they would have just kept the employees on and took the hit on the stock. Yeah. So that's that's the the stupid economics behind it. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but that's my layperson's uh, take on it. With the fact that all my friends got fired right before Christmas really sucked. So they gutted our whole department, and they kept on three. They, we had a, a department of we were the the print and web department for the entire motion picture side. So we did all those bus wraps and newspaper ads, all the posters and all the websites for all the movies that came out of there. Yeah. And so we had like a 30, 40 person department and they fired everybody, kept three of us. So I got to stick around, wow. which, which was just, you know, uh, it was, it was heart wrenching, man. It was Christmas and all my friends were gone. Yeah. So our, our, our big thing was when we came out of the, everybody was coming out of the meetings and they had security guards everywhere. So people wouldn't <laughs> steal anything. So everybody grabbed a uh, stack of post-it notes and wrote mine on it and would just go around and stick it on everything. So and somebody stuck it on one of the security guards and took a picture. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to have at least a sense of humor. You got to try, you know? man. You got to try. I think uh, I think we need to take a quick break. And uh, I have something I really want to talk about because I was up till two in the morning watching something last night that uh, is is kind of ties into exactly what we were just talking about. So All let's right. play a little, a little break. Play a little tune for the, for the kids. We'll be right back. Cheer you up. Last night, I was uh, doing a little research for the show, and I came across a, uh, a documentary by a Mr. Alex Winter. Mm-hmm. Now, Alex Winter, I knew the name. I'm like, who the hell that is Alex Winter? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, party on, dudes. It's uh, <laughs> the, the other half of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, not the Keanu Reeves guy. The other yeah. guy. The other guy. So he wrote, directed, and produced a movie called Downloaded, the story of Napster. And man, was it good! Really, it was. It was really, really good. It it goes through the whole story. Lots of uh, historical footage, which you know, it's like we're talking <laughs> two thousand. So yeah. at least at least the historical footage looks pretty good. <laughs> it's not like you know, grainy World War One guys in black and white running really fast. Uh, it's it just takes you through the whole 
the whole story beginning to end and has everybody. The whole cast of characters is in there. Fanning's in there. Sean Parker's in there. Um, everybody from the basically the Napster side is in there, and a lot of record executives are in there. Right. Um, it is funny. Uh, my friend uh, who gave me the uh, the app idea the other day, she's friends with Seymour Stein. She always talk, used to talk about Seymour and how, how much she loves him. And I'd never seen the guy before, and he's in the movie, so that was kind of fun to see see Seymour. Yeah, smart, very smart dude. All these all these record guys were actually really smart. They were, but they were very smart. They just uh, they just kind of dropped the ball on on. They thought this was going to go away a lot faster than it did. Yeah. So. And, and, and the really weird thing, even Lars Ulrich came out of this looking pretty good. <laughs> he looked fairly human by yeah. the end of this. I, I, once he was given, you know, it was just such a crazy time and people were freaking out and didn't know what to do. And, and once you actually, actually listened to what Lars Ulrich said, once he had done a little research on it because he kind of opened his mouth before he knew anything about it, um, he, he basically has a spot on right opinion about what should have been happening. So. It's a. I, I'm looking forward to this movie. I mean, uh, on one hand, it almost still feels too soon to me because uh, I lived through all of this, and it's the industry I'm working in, and we're still, you know, 15 years on dealing with the fallout of this. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, especially since you've given it a high recommendation. Should be great. Yeah, and I mean, I never really had that high of a and uh, high of an opinion of any of the Napster guys, mm-hmm. and I. At the, at the end of this movie, I had a much lower opinion than I did even going in. <laughs> they were they were really a bunch of stupid kids that yeah. ruined uh, the livelihoods of so many people just by doing something that they could, not thinking if they should. Yeah. Well, Sean Parker is has always been kind of a personal devil to me. I, if I ever met the guy, I would punch him in the face. Um, yeah. It's this is the the evil side of disruption, uh, which is something that's now lauded. I mean, everybody especially in Silicon Valley. That's if you can disrupt an industry, it's good. It's a good thing. No, not necessarily. Um, you can't stop progress. You can't stop technology technology and but you should work with the industries that exist to keep them going, not just destroy them because you can. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It might give you a big like nerd boner to do it, but think of the people who like, you know, rely on that for food, yeah. you know, it, 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 never fuck with somebody's livelihood, man. Cause they will come back at you. But, <laughs> and, and the music industry eventually did. And they music industry took apart Napster and killed them. Yep. Bit uh, by bit, bit by bit. But you know, <laughs> the Napster guys still won because they really did destroy that music industry. Um, and it still hasn't recovered and we're still not sure how it's going to recover. So I'm just looking at like, you know, DJ Spooky did the score, which is awesome. Uh, I'm definitely going to check this one out. And, you know, it, it's it's exactly the story I've been living. So it should be yeah. good. Yeah. I, after you see it, I, I'm really curious to hear your opinion on it and hear your side of what what you think when, you know, how they portrayed the whole thing. And and the other I mean, the upside is beautifully shot. It's it is it is a really pro documentary. The editing is really good. Everything about it I thought was top notch and spot on. And the interesting thing was it was a kickstarted movie. Oh God. <laughs> well well this is this is what actually got me to it is uh Alex Winter is kickstartering another movie. Okay. Called the Deep Web: The Untold Story of Bitcoin and the Silk Road. Wow, man, this guy's like delved into stuff. Yeah, and the the trailer looks pretty good. Um, and I'm actually going to fund this one because there is a uh, one of the perks is uh, for a hundred bucks you get a Skype call with Alex to talk about anything. So I'm <laughs> I'm 
I'm going to drop the coin and the Skype call will be his interview on Grumpy Old Geeks. <laughs> I wonder if there's any legal about not being able to use that for anything else. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, this I, is, I, um, well, I want to talk to him about the movie. I want to talk to him about downloaded and especially the Bitcoin stuff because we've been talking about wanting to do a segment on Bitcoin, but we just don't have the time to do the, the proper research. So, yeah. you know. I just think it would be it would be kind of fun to have him on and talk about because I, I especially with the downloaded stuff and Napster and and you in the music industry and mm-hmm. I think it'd be a fun fit so yeah. I'm going to drop the coin and we'll get uh, we'll get him on the show hopefully if well, he'll do it <laughs> I'm going to watch downloaded first make sure I actually really like it but if I do I'm going to fund this as well because I am intrigued in in kind of if he does a really good job of the research and presenting things I I want to know more about the deep web I want to know more about Bitcoin these are all things that I think are incredibly important are going to become more so over the next few years and i just don't know enough about them so uh we'll link to the kickstarter in the show notes definitely check it out there's only 30 spots for this uh the skype call so i I need to get on that (laughs) (laughs) well there's a new reward um it's a most excellent screening we can watch bill and ted's excellent adventure with him unfortunately it's only in new york i would totally go do that (laughs) yeah that would be fun i wish you would do it do it somewhere else (laughs) but Yeah, good stuff. Um, No, this is really interesting. Um, A lot of stuff I really, really want to know about. So I would love to see this movie made. Here's an interesting thing. It goes from the 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 uh, the perks go from pledge 100, 200, then to, jumps to five thousand. It's like <laughs> what? Come on, man, ease it in, lube up. <laughs> That's a big jump. That is a big jump. Uh, what's the uh, oh yeah the Russian oligarch level for ten grand? You and I will watch Bill and Ted's excellent adventure together, adventure together, and then play air guitar on your personal yacht in the city of your choice. <laughs> Travel costs and yacht are not included. <laughs> so yeah, definitely check out Downloaded. Um, it's uh, you can get it on iTunes or Amazon uh, digital download. I, I bought it on iTunes because I, I thought it would be a little bit hypocritical to go steal that one. <laughs> I'm glad it's available on iTunes because that'll make it super easy for me. I will probably watch it, uh, I'll probably watch it uh, before I go see Ender's Game, so I'll double down tomorrow on movies. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, uh, as a housewarming gift uh, from my friend, I bought him an Apple TV, so we were checking it out. I was checking it out on that yesterday. Yeah, I still love the Apple TV. I think it's super convenient and uh, and great. I haven't uh, done a Roku or anything like that yet, but uh, love Apple TV. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. The only thing I really wish that it had was uh, Amazon Prime. Yes, uh, that would videos. be nice. But you know, I can bring up Amazon Prime on my iPad and just throw it over to the TV. Oh, that's a good hack. I didn't even think about that. There you go. See, sometimes I actually have some good stuff. Yeah, airplay it, airplay it over. It okay. works perfectly. That's what I do every single time I watch anything on Amazon Prime. So, works perfect. Oh, sweet. I'll have actually, to do that it's, with the, you know, yeah. it's easier to navigate on your iPad anyways. <laughs> mm. Good call. All right, dropping the tips. Mm-hmm. Pro tip. Oh, did you Yeah, did you see this thing about uh LG TVs and Samsung TVs are they're watching you the smart TVs? I did see that and uh goddamn that's scary. I mean, you start putting tech in there, and the crazy part is there's a setting that says, you know, don't phone home, get like privacy mode or whatever, and even if you turn it off, it still phones home. Yeah. Yeah, which is not good. See, and you can't, you wouldn't know. You would have, I mean, unless you were monitoring all of your web traffic. <laughs> yeah, you have to you, you turn everything off and do like a packet analysis on the on the network. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what people did. And they're like, hey, this thing's pinging, pinging home. And the, the, the article uh, 
says that they're it's calling like defunct web addresses and it's returning 404s mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean anything because just from a, a resource perspective and a logging perspective it's still hitting the server yeah it's hitting a server so once once the traffic hits that server there's a there's a record made mm-hmm. in the, in a log file and it's just it's actually more efficient to 404 like big log files if you're just do if you're just trying to ping something and, and get right. ping rather, traffic rather data than collection have some processing going on where you're collecting anything you just boop there you go you know where they're yeah. coming from exactly and then just spit back a, a quick header and it, it cuts down on the network traffic you don't have to run any processes on the back and it's very efficient for that type of thing so just because it's spitting back a 404 doesn't mean they're collect they're not collecting it they are collecting it <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, I do not have a smart TV. I know a couple people that do, but I, I well, I don't have a TV. <laughs> so it's yeah. The more and, and it's I don't even know if do these new TVs come with cameras. Um, some of them are starting to have them, which means you know we're going to have the same. I mean, I, <laughs> this is the problem with this stuff. As soon as these things are all basically computers now, and once they're oh, basically yeah. computers, they can be hacked. And once they can be hacked, they can be controlled. And if you don't know what you're doing, your TV has a camera in it. Somebody could be sitting there watching your kids. Yep. <laughs> or you. Or, or you. Or, you know, you or whatever. Wife, you know, watching a little <laughs> down and dirty. Yeah. 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 So. It, do, not, do not invite the cameras that you do not want into your living room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I actually know people that have put like – you know, even on their laptops because they're so paranoid about it, they just put a piece of duct tape over the camera thing because they just oh. want to be sure. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be me. It's <laughs> a very, you know, it's a lo-fi hack. It's a lot easier than trying to figure out how to run a packet sniffer, but it, it's functional. Yeah, if, if you're running OSX, there's a couple deep commands that you can do to basically kill any control of the camera. Right. Um, I, we, we actually linked to that in uh, one of the articles where we talked about how the CIA hardens their uh, MacBooks. Mm-hmm. There, there's some uh, – if you go back, I can't remember what show that was. It was <laughs> ages ago. Yes. Um, this is yeah, there, there's some turn. <laughs> there's, uh, there are a couple commands that you can just run to literally shut down the camera so it just does not function. Um, I, I skipped that because uh, black electrical tape is much handier. <laughs> yeah, and it, there's no way around that, and you don't have to keep up on security. <laughs> it's just unless somebody comes over and physically removes the tape, you're good. That's that's it. I mean, I, I did that at work, and pe- people were making fun of me at work. I'm like, trust me, trust me. And it turns out that they were sniffing everybody's stuff and could actually turn the cameras on. So I'm like, ah, I'm not so silly anymore. I'm a you bastard. Oh, <laughs> uh, um. So we were talking about the Bitcoin thing with uh, the uh, the documentary. Yeah. And you see that uh, Virgin Galactic is taking it now. You can uh, actually buy trips to space with bitcoins. No, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, Bitcoin has been kicking around for a bit, and it's it's starting to hit a critical mass, and it's getting a lot of press. And you know, Virgin Galactic taking it, he doesn't really, you know, that that's purely a play to get some press, which worked. So yeah. all, all the cool kids want to take Bitcoin right now because Bitcoin is hip and happening. Yeah, I, although I'm still- I still don't understand it. I I, I spent a, a couple, no, not a couple hours. I was <laughs> I was going to spend a couple hours researching it, but then I had two beers while I was doing it and got really bored. Um, it's it's actually really quite difficult to purchase any. Still, uh, you you have to go through quite a lot of hoops. Um, it's still you know, and every the amount of legal warning about all this stuff is is insane right now. Uh, but you know, it, it's you got to look at it right now as like early adopter investing. 
and because that's basically what it is. I don't think Bitcoin's going to go away. I, I love the concept. Uh, there's no way it's going to stay unregulated. If you if you're actually going to make a currency that you want to work over the over the world, there's going to be some regulation at some point. It's not going to be the free for all that it is anymore. And I know the people that are trying to do that. You know them personally? Well, not, not personally, no. But it's the Winklevi, the Winklevises. Oh. <laughs> um, the, you know, every time I, I every time I hear their name or I say the Winklevi because I enjoy it, I don't even see their faces. I see the two ghosty, dreadlocky guys from the Matrix. <laughs> That's that, good. That is my brain's impression of the Winklevi. Um, they are basically trying to take over and control the entire Bitcoin market right now. Uh, they took their Facebook and their pistachio money and basically bought over. They own over one percent of all Bitcoins in the circulation. And they've just filed to. Uh, they've just made an SEC filing for the Winklevoss Bitcoin Trust, which will allow uh, basically people to invest in the currency without ever actually having to buy it from a Bitcoin exchange. Uh, Bitcoin exchange is the place kind of some are shadier, more shady than others, where you go go to actually purchase bitcoins. So uh, yeah, and so, you can you can still yeah. mine them, right? The, the, they haven't been mined out, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So if you got if you got a supercomputer lying around, you can still mine them but that would that comes back to the uh the power power usage to create a bitcoin at least back then now that they're going up in value it might have might have changed but the the electricity cost to mine bitcoins was greater than the actual value of a bitcoin that you mined right so <laughs> um and yeah i i should do more research on it i just i'm finding it really hard to care yeah it, it's it's just, it feels like one of those this is now like it's become a game for rich people to mess about with a little bit more than anybody else, or it's for people that really don't want other people to know what they're doing, which is gets a little shady. Uh, you know, Bitcoin basically came into prominence because of places like Silk Road and things like that, where you know you're purchasing things that you really just shouldn't be purchasing. Yeah, I saw a tweet from Kevin Rose last week where he dumped all of his bitcoins because the the price spiked really high and he got out while the getting was good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going to – I mean, I don't think it's going to go away. Uh, I think there, there will also be competitive types of, of products out there. Uh, the idea of an e-currency that isn't owned by any particular government is appealing. Um, you know, it's another one of those disruption things. We'll see what happens. Yeah, they don't cover uh, a lot of the theft, though, because there, there's a lot of stories going around where, you know, just millions of Bitcoins disappear and get shifted around and like, you know, bank yeah. robberies, basically. Yeah, basically. I mean, some of these that's when I was reading into like the way to purchase through these Bitcurrency or Bitcoin exchanges. Um, there, There's, you know, a lot of history of, of these exchanges just kind of disappearing. Uh, all of a sudden they're just gone. And so's your chance of getting that money. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's where like doing a deep dive on the tech would probably behoove anybody who's actually interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm finding it really hard to get interested in it because, like you said, it is kind of a rich person's game right now. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I don't have the kind of money to just throw out there to, to get it just for shits and giggles, and with a very high chance of it just disappearing on me, or all of a sudden crashing and being worth nothing. Yeah, don't have that luxury, no. <laughs> you know. No. no. So um, I do want to go through a couple cool apps this week. Okay. Uh, so the one that I got for my iPad that is I was I was surprised I actually ponied up for because uh, I have the functionality in another app that these people make and it's Panic. The guys who make Transmit and Coda yeah. and all of the fun, all the really fun, nice Mac apps, really nice programs. Yeah. So I talked about Coda Lite before, and so when I got this new iPad, I was setting it up and getting all my sites up, and. 
it's it's got an SSH client in there, but what they've done is they they basically pulled that out and made a standalone app that's just an SSH client that is kind of nicer. Uh, it's called Prompt. Okay. I think it was I think it was eight bucks, uh, which is you know a little pricier for a Mac or for an iPad app, but I, I pay for quality, yeah. and I, so I, I tracked all my SSH keys in, got everything set up, and it works great. It's it's flawless. I can't. I got no complaints. It's fast. Um, if you need an SSH client for iOS, so far this is this is the way to go. Excellent. I've been wondering, uh, you know, if there's going to be a decent one, and now we've got one. <laughs> um, and there was one app that I, I dragged you in called that everybody seems to be playing now called Quiz Up. You know, it's yeah, I, I've been playing it as well. I mean, I still I still do trivia for for a lot of my uh, trivia games, but this Quiz Up one is actually, in my opinion, it's a better app. It's got a lot more uh, depth of questions, and it is kind of funny to to be an early adopter on something because I've just been watching my other friends kind of join in and roll in. So this this app is definitely kicking around right now. Yeah, it is. It is kind of fun. I left the notifications on when my new friends joined. It's like every day there's like two or three more straggling in, and a few more, and a few more. Yeah. Um, the the challenge. I got to say, whoever did the back end on this app did an amazing job. It is super fast, super responsive. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had the only problems I've ever had are when other people quit out, but I've never had a you know standard error on it. Um, the yeah, there's the the depth of questions is pretty good. I've gotten. I've gotten pretty high up in a few categories where I do see a lot of duplicates. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about it, though, is you actually learn <laughs> while you're while you're doing it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. So next time I get it. But yeah, um, there's a lot. There's it, a lot more. There's a lot more topics, uh, so you can kind of drill down into some pretty specific things. Um, so you're not going to get super depth questions there, but it does beat the crap out of of the trivia uh, in terms of that by far. Yeah, and you can. Um, you can add your own question pack. So if you if you wanted to create your own, you know, just category with the questions that you create, yeah. and you can you can do it. So yeah. that's cool. And if you know, we're going to see. I'm sure mm-hmm. what happened with uh, with trivia as well, where there's going to be sponsored packages in here. You know, the movies or whatever. It'll be you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer questions, and then you got your little button to buy the DVD box set. But that's yeah. fine. I don't mind because it's a completely free app. So. Yeah, so far so good. Um, I did see somebody tweeted uh, a picture of what looked to be the P list file for the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> which had all of the the questions and answers in it. <laughs> Oops. So I, they, that's how maybe it, why it's so responsive is that uh, everything is stored locally, right? And then you just could, you know, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. It's still fun. Uh, I had to put it down because I was getting way too way too addicted. And I got way too much work to do. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because you're also back playing Words with Friends, uh, as I've noticed, because um, you're starting to pop up on that. And uh, I was just like, you were you were like challenging me to games like every five minutes. I was like, I can't do this, man. I can play like one game a day, and then I put it away. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple friends. On there. I thought it was dead. I didn't know it was still a thing. And then a couple of my friends were like, "Dude, we miss you. You got to come back." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" Because <laughs> I made I made a very long and epic blog post at one point about why I quit Words with Friends because of the the cheating problem. Yeah, there are apps that make it so easy to cheat. You do a screen grab, you o- and you just open the other app, and it pulls in the screen grab and gives you every word that can possibly be played. Yeah. Now, I, see, and, I don't understand the personality that would do that. I, I don't get it. What's the point in playing the game if you're just going to cheat? But then again, that's why I'm not a Winklevi or not a billionaire or don't have bitcoins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think you answered your own question yeah, on that answered my own. <laughs> Never mind. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I, I actually don't really. It's kind of a weird thing that I've started to do with like these these games on our phones or whatever. I don't play them actually with with too many people I know in my day to day life. It's like this weird way to stay in contact with with people I don't ever see. And you're not even like communicating. It's just like, oh, okay, I played a game with this person from high school who I haven't seen in 15 years. I'll keep playing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's well, that goes back to the whole social interaction problem and yeah, all that. Um, there was, uh, I should dig it up. There was a video that was going around about you know how like we're getting less connected with all of the the social sites and all that crap. Yeah. Um, but. In the comments on the the post that somebody made, uh, my friend Liz Lawley uh, listed a bunch of scientific research, not just hearsay, like actual scientific research that proved the opposite. So uh, maybe next week we can take a look at it. Like take a look at it this week, and next week we can talk about it because it's fascinating that what we what you know the knee jerk reaction is that it's making us less social, right? And the evidence is pointing to the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I think we should do an episode on that. Uh, I think, you know, next week, because it's the holidays and whatnot, we're not going to have a lot of time either. Um, it'd be a perfect time to do it. It's something that I still think about pretty much constantly. And I don't know where I feel. I, I would love to read this this research because I'm certainly in contact with more people than I would be if these things didn't exist. But I don't know if it's quality contact. Uh, well, I think the research was mainly pointing to the fact that online interactions do actually lead to more offline interactions. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. It's certainly easier to set things up. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, you post, I'm going to go see this movie and, and then everybody ignores you and you feel like a loser and you go see it by yourself anyways. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, <laughs> that's, that's how, that's how, but here's the, that happens. Other right? people. That happens in regular life too. <laughs> I, like you call all your buddies like, Hey, want to go see a movie? Ah, I got to work. Uh, got to stay with the kids, blah, blah. It's the same thing. It's just more, it's just easier and you can type it instead of having to make all the phone calls and get rejected. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it uh, streamlines rejection. That's what the internet is good for. <laughs> so, uh, I kind of made the switch back to Twitter this week. Oh boy. Yeah. I, 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 I am my love affair with Facebook, which was never really a love affair, mm-hmm. has been has been waning greatly. Um, a lot of people seem to not be on there as much as they used to be. People are pulling back quite a bit. Yeah, at I, least yeah, I've, I've seen that as well. It's I, you know, I don't know. Are people just too busy, or is it just uh, it, things go in waves? You know, if you're on it a lot, you just start to kind of go, "What the hell am I doing?" And you kind of back away for a bit, and but then they come back. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, you know, so I just noticed more on Twitter, like if I need to just pop in and have an interaction. The nice thing is if you see somebody post something and you can write back and forth, like in almost in real time, it's kind of like IRC for <laughs> this weird time distributed subset of people. And when people are on there, they're just engaging a little bit more. So, you know, you can have quick one offs with people and have, they make some funnies. Uh, that's the other side of it. Like Facebook is kind of more serious. And right now, like just with everything that's going on, I, I kind of need lighthearted, <laughs> really sophomoric fun humor. You know, I need fart joke, fart and dick jokes. Right. That's that's what Twitter is good for. Facebook is more like 
deep research on on the social graph. <laughs> and yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, I I have a couple of friends on Facebook that basically all their updates are jokes. So I really enjoy that. And I, they they should probably be on Twitter instead, but they aren't. Uh, yeah, Facebook does get a lot of the like you know like the upworthy stuff that I was talking about, or like oh look at this terrible tragedy that happened here. Click here to see this petition. Blah 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 blah. There's an awful lot of do goodery on Facebook, which I yeah <laughs> self righteous shitheadery. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, Twitter doesn't enable you to do that because you you know you still have your 140 characters, so that's time for a fart joke and a tag. That's all you got. You know that sometimes that's all you need. I agree. The uh, the other thing is on Twitter. They're not asking me where I live, where I went to school, what bands do I like, what movies do I like. They don't, they're not gathering all that stupid information that, that they don't need because you, you, it is. It's hit and run. Well, they're not asking for it yet. I, I don't know if they're going to. I, think, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that's going to be the way, the way they go, right. but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm just you know, disillusioned, as you can tell, over the, the many episodes we've done with you know, all these – Sites that gathered too much information to monetize me, right. and it's 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 not a thing that I really care that much about anymore because it's just going to happen no matter what I care. But I can still pull back and not not well. I haven't given them anything in in ages, but it's still the fact that it's there and they keep asking me for it and all that. So I'm just like, you know what? Just shut up and leave me alone. I'm going to go talk about uh, some farts over here for a while. <laughs> I'm going to go tweet. <laughs> what? I'm going to go tweet. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm going to I'm going to tweet a twat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's I, I totally get where you're coming from. I just I've just never caught into Twitter. I never will. It just uh, for me, I'm there because I feel like I have to be because of what I do for a living. And uh, I occasionally, you know, share a joke or basically I just push our podcast and you know, some people write me back, some people don't. And I don't think about it too much. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't you can't get too worried about it if you don't get any any reaction on it. But you just put it; people see it, and that's the thing. It's like it just drops in a stream, so you can't make it. You can't really make it that important. Which is, yeah. if you go in with that mindset, then it's just yeah, it kills it kills a few seconds, and you can. The other thing is, it's it's way more active. I mean, I only follow 182 people on Twitter, and I've got like 200 plus friends on Facebook, and this the. I can go get faster entertainment off of Twitter. Yeah. If you know, it's it's good for just when you're sitting on the pot. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Yeah, it's definitely a lot faster, which is what I have the problems with because I feel like unless I'm on it all the time, I can't keep up. But like you said, you don't really need to because Twitter is definitely more, you know, just ethereal and it just goes and it is what it is. It's you know hashtag pissing in a bucket. Yeah, and that's what goes back to the whole, like I said before, I wish that you could just have a set time where everything dropped off. And there was that service that we talked about mm-hmm. that, that does delete your old tweets for you, but that's just such a, such a hassle. So <laughs> yeah. it's like nothing on here nothing on here matters. I'm at the point now where I'm not going to be going to get a corporate job anytime, probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I, I don't really care that much about what my personal history says about me and all that kind of crap because I'm never running for office. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna work for the government. Well, uh, the, <laughs> the thing this. is, at this point, you know, because of this generation coming up and the fact that that we're already kind of older and in the next one, if if you did do any of that, it's not going to matter because nobody's going to be able to hold this against people because everybody's done it. I mean, all these people that are hitting their twenties and and even late twenties now grew up with this stuff and have done it. It's you know, it's the same thing with like with weed now. Like it, basically, we don't give a shit if a politician has smoked weed. 
We just don't anymore. We don't, we don't give a shit if the president has smoked weed. Exactly. So, and this kind of stuff is, you know, everybody's freaking out about how it's going to follow you, but there's, but everybody has done it, so there, it, there's no shame in it anymore. Yep. Well, you change the social norms, and you change the, you know, the lens that you look at people in society through. Exactly. So that's why I'm back on Twitter because. I really couldn't care less anymore. <laughs> I really can't. And you know, I've had I've actually had clients fire me for shit that I've said on Twitter, <laughs> and it's it's always worked out for the best. I mean, at the time it was it was like financially hard, but I learned from it, and then I also learned that those were not the clients that I wanted to work with. I've had I have, the exact same yeah. thing happened to me about a Facebook update. I got a call immediately saying blah 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 blah, and it wasn't even about them, and it was funny. It was still just a joke, and I finally just realized that like I'm not going to apologize for something if you just don't get it, and if you're going to be that much of a dick, I don't want you as a client. Exactly. Yeah, you got to work with people that make you happy, not people that make you miserable. Mm-hmm. And you know that client, it was, it was. I mean, it was just this giant brouhaha, and it was for nothing. Yeah, over you nine, know, over just you know hurt hurt feelings basically and and misunderstanding and the client basically not getting how social media works which is kind of why they hired me in the first place so let me do it yeah yeah seriously mine was just like an art director who i made fun of because he didn't know how an aspect ratio worked i'm like uh okay and then he bitched to the boss and the boss said dude we can't we can't have that now i have to make an example of you and i'm like if you have to make an example over me because your artist doesn't know how to how an aspect ratio works when you resize a movie <laughs> guess what i don't want to be working with that artist and i don't want to be working with somebody that doesn't have my back for a funny you should be t- taking the artist and sending them to school <laughs> and uh getting off my back yeah so that's that's about that and it's, i got to say it's been kind of fun <laughs> i'm i'm actually reconnecting i, I told you like i've I've given up all my past hatred from my new Buddhist ways. So I've actually, I'm actually talking to people I haven't talked to in years now and having a blast. Excellent. You know, we were friends at one point for a reason. So if you put all the <laughs> stupid shit that happens in between, uh, then you can still be friends. Just in under you know. 40 characters or less. months and months of teasing i've finally finally gotten off my ass and found the time uh to put out the grumpy old geeks presents does it have legs yay congratulations man thank you first show is up and out uh second show will be coming sometime next week when i can find the six hours to edit it um (laughs) these shows these shows take a lot more production time because they're three people and we're doing two-hour movies, which means I have to watch the movie multiple times, pull out sound bites, re-edit, recut, get levels right on three different people instead of two, and plus I put it all you're together. Like, you know, eating crappy food and drinking beer, so there's all kinds of bodily functions that have to be taken into account. While I'm editing, or while we were recording, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> both. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't really factor in the pee break uh, time. I'm not, I'm not that much of a, a, a slave driver where I count. Oh my god, I have to take a pee. Let's let's clock that. I'm going to get docked. Um, no, it's uh, there. There are productions though for sure. So yeah. our fir- our first one's out. We did the Warriors, which was a uh, a fun fun action movie from the uh, 80s. Our, God, I can't even. I watched the movie four damn times. I can't remember what year it came out in. Um, 
Well, you can so, find that out in the podcast. I'm sure you guys mention it. Yeah, we mentioned. Yeah, we. That's the fun thing about it because I I do a lot of research on the movies before we start. So I've got like you know fun trivia. I find out more about the directors, the actors, what they've done, and kind of kind of go into the history of the movie mm-hmm. and the people that made it. So we we definitely put in a lot of time to make it kind of a fun show. Um, awesome. I give it, give it a listen if you like it. It'll be linked in the show notes, and we hope to do more. And hopefully, you'll come on for one. I plan on it definitely. Just yeah, we, find the right movie and uh, figure out when I can sit around for three hours. <laughs> exactly. So we'll, we'll we'll Skype you in when we watch the movie. We'll have a watching party via Skype, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then we, then we can do the show. So it's uh, it's fun. It's 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 interesting to do because I wanted to do this show just so I had all the experience front to back on how to make a podcast, and I did uh, you know everything on this show. I, I kind of had my hands in right. So just to do it, to have the experience, because you you do all the, the audio side on our show, yeah. and I never get to touch that. So for me, it was like I would just want to learn the ins and outs of it. So it was one of those things where find a project, learn how to do it. You know, like we teach people when people want to learn how to code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did the Fine. same thing. I'm like, okay, let's make up a new show and so I can figure out how to do it. And that's kind of what this came out of. And it's yeah. fun. Yeah, you know? editing audio is is kind of fun if you get into it. If you're a gearhead, and it, it can be enjoyable. It, and it's also fun to sit around every week with uh, your buddies and have to watch a movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, oh, what are we going to do this Wednesday? Oh, I guess we're going to sit around, drink a few beers, and watch a movie and talk about it for for an hour. <laughs> oh, you know, oh. it's it's like forced oh. forced socialization, which is kind of what we do here. Exactly. So, so check it out. Does it have legs in the iTunes Store? Give it give it a nice rating. Please. Yeah. <laughs> and, and rate us at the same time. Oh, yes. Well, that goes without saying. Yes. There you go. Even, even though we just said it. <laughs> so a long time ago, I talked about uh, something that I was going to do as far as the back to the how to make money on the Internet yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for a program on AppSumo called How to Make a $1,000 a Month Business. Okay. Um, and – that's that's what it's called. Well, on the site on the site they call it how to make your first dollar, but once you get into it it's called from entrepreneur to entrepreneur. Oh god. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and by the way, a $1000 a month business will only pay one fifth of your rent in Venice. Well, so the the pricing structure on this was very interesting. If you are an entrepreneur, it costs you $300 of a one-time payment. Okay. Um and it goes down to Wantrepreneur, which is $60 a month for six payments. And then there's the Bootstrapper, which is $35 a month for 12 payments. Which, So the price difference is if you can pay all at once, it's 300 bucks. If you have to pay $35 a month, it's 420 bucks. Right. I went with the $420 option because I did not have $300. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get back to that in a little bit because this <laughs> the, the psychology that goes along with this stuff is um, I'm starting – in this – the whole point of me going through these these programs and doing them in the beginning was to kind of learn the psychology of how these people make products about making products that make money. That's the circle jerk involved with this. So I wanted to see if this one was different. It's uh, the AppSumo guys, which means it's Noah Kagan, who got famously got fired from Facebook with no stock. Uh, he worked for Mint and uh, he lives in Austin. I, I had dinner with him once. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um Lots of mutual friends, but he's very energetic, very um, very bootstrappy, and the whole pitch on this is just how to systematize coming, making ideas that are monetizable. As yeah. it, that was a mouthful. 
And so the, the beginning of the course is trying to get out of your comfort zone, doing something silly like, you know, just asking people for a dollar, you know, little stupid tricks like that. Right. Um, brings me back to Tim Ferriss's first book where he's like, OK, get out of your comfort zone. Go lie in the middle of the street for five minutes. Like that kind of weird stuff, you know? Yeah. And then it moves into idea generation. And it that part was kind of interesting, but I didn't get very much out of it. Mm-hmm. It, it the way that they pace the course, um, it's a series of steps, and you have you have to do it in order. The software that they use is decent; it's not great, but it's decent. So, you, and you you have a group of people there that you go through it with, and then it gets you to idea validation, where you actually call people and you ask people if, hey, you're in this business, would this idea work? You know, right? And it, it keeps going through the process, and I. I stopped it like there's three main parts of it, three phases, and I'm at the end of phase two because I got to the point where, oh, wait, I have clients that want to pay me a hell of a lot more than $1,000 a month, so I'm going to go take care of them and I'll come back to this later. Yeah, right. So along with the with the course, which so far is not worth $420, um, and it could be because I haven't put enough of myself into it. That's what no, they want. That, that must that's, be it. That's always the they're out. Is like or maybe well, you didn't have the right mindset, Jason. That's it. You, did, the mindset, you didn't believe yeah. in yourself enough. I think that would be the problem. Yes. <laughs> uh, so along with this, along with the program, it comes with a secret Facebook group. Oh God. That, yeah. So everybody that's in the program can join the Facebook group. I think there's a thousand people in the Facebook group right now. Okay. So that's. Uh, Thousand people, if they go the three hundred dollar route, if you just said everybody paid three hundred bucks, that's three hundred grand right there. Mm-hmm. In that the, the people paid for this program. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <laughs> um, <laughs> and if they're like me, that's four hundred and twenty grand, closing it on half a mil. Right. Um, so I've been in this Facebook group for a while, and I got to the point this week where I I finally shut it down because the people that are in this group kind of. Uh, circle around this this personality type of mm-hmm. people who really want to get rich quick and they want to do it in a way that is not the traditional route i think right like actually doing something yeah i mean they do do stuff but the ideas are so bad generally that i'm just like seriously are you i i, I mean if somebody walked up to me on the street and tried to sell me that thing you just did, I would just laugh at them. And I've, right. I've been laughing at them on Facebook instead. Yeah. Um, but well, Every time I see these <clears> things, <throat> I just think that this is the only business that will make the money. It's, it's the people telling you how to make a business to make money. They're obviously making money. I would be really surprised if any of these people – like, oh God, I just – I hate this self-motivational bullshit art crap. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. Um yeah. Was it Orboros? <laughs> Orboros, the snake eating its own tail. Um, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so, this is what this is. There's one post this week that that threw me over the edge, and this is this comes back to the whole mindset issue, right? And the 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 mindset of the people that are in these programs that tend to do it is this guy posted a link to a story about the um, the ten things that rich people do that poor people don't, right? And it was it was like a percentage based uh, system where it's like seventy percent of rich people have their children volunteer at least once a week, and ten percent of poor people have their children volunteer at least once one percent a week. 
And so I'm going through this, and it's like rich people read audio or listen to audiobooks, at least two audiobooks a month. Poor people, like 10%, listen to an audiobook. Right. And I'm, go- and I'm going through this thing, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, uh, where's the math? Who's, well, who's, what's, which studies are you, are you citing that show this correlation? Yeah, and the so, correlation doesn't necessarily even make any sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I posted, I posted on, the, on his thread. I'm like, look, 80% of statistics are made up on the spot. Let's, let's have a little conversation about this. These, look, these numbers look, are man, pulled out of your ass. If, you, if you're just going to try to tear stuff down, it's no wonder things don't work out for you, man. So this is where it gets fun. <laughs> um, oh, I, don't, I, think, I don't even know if they let me back in the group. I was going to pull it up to just, just so you can – here, some of oh okay they did I, they they still let me in <laughs> okay we have a chance here we have a chance here so so is this a shining example of this new Zen Buddhist you <laughs> well kind of give me a minute here <laughs> okay I mean I agree with you hundred percent I this is all bullshit and the people that do this stuff are bullshit and when there's success stories that they put up on their site one of the three biggest success stories is a guy who wrote his own book. And then published it himself and sold nine books, and, and he made I, I made ninety bucks in seven days. Who's that going to help? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of your biggest success stories, right there. Great, that's awesome. Nine books in seven days. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is uh, well. What Noah does, he's like, oh, he gets in challenges with his friends. He's like, oh, I'm going to make something and sell a hundred dollars of it in like two hours. Okay. So he'll go out and do that, and he'll hit his social network stuff up and find a couple people that will buy his thing. And they're like, oh, look, I'm successful. That that made <laughs> – my point is made. Now I can teach you how to do that. Right. Okay. So this comes from Tim Corley on his website, Rich Habits Institute, which right there is a red flag because he's obviously looking at people that want to know more about the habits of the rich because they don't have those habits because they're poor and they want, he wants to make money off of them, giving them the habits of the rich. So, mm-hmm. you know, like 76% of wealthy exercise aerobically four days a week, 23% of the poor do this. Right. Uh, oh yeah. 63% of wealthy listen to audiobooks during commute to work versus 5% for poor people. So this goes on and on. And then I, I you know, I, I jumped in and I'm like, look, yeah, Statistics are made up, whatever. So I, I link to the 14 habits of highly miserable people. <laughs> um, so this is where it gets interesting because this guy, the guy who posted the link claims that he's a scientist. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, yeah, the statistics may, may not be true, but you can derive lessons of prosperity from the statements. For instance, perhaps 64% of the rich don't listen to audio tapes, but because the statistic is wrong or falsified, we shouldn't listen to audio tapes to improve our knowledge. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, I, I, so I, I, oh my God. I mean, at, at that point, I was, I was just like, I was ready to throw my computer against the wall because I didn't want to be in the room with such fucking stupid people. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I just said, I'm like, you just proved my point. Saying the statistics are not true completely falsifies it. So what if 5% of the rich people listen to audiobooks and 64% of the people listen to audiobooks, poor people? Um, If the statistics are not right, then the whole premise of the argument is wrong. (laughs) It it makes no sense. And this got me to thinking that people want to hear these things. So they they gravitate towards people who will tell them what they want to hear that gives them 
yeah. the positive worldview that they already have. Yeah, and that's what these kind of things, I mean, these kind of things are packaged uh, and sold to people who want to believe in them. Exactly. Whether they work or not, it doesn't matter. And, and statistics don't matter. And the fact that you'll never make $1,000 a month doesn't matter because you want to believe that you're the kind of person that can. Yeah, and it's like, uh, <laughs> I believe all these stats are true because they are the effect, not the cause. Uh, it, it, I believe so people might, doesn't might not do facts. these because they, are, because they are poor. It's like, what it, it makes this, it, I'm done with these people. I cannot take it anymore. It's like, look. My 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 final retort was um, I do know a lot of rich people and 100% of what they do is bust their ass and make money. 100% <laughs> of rich people would never look at a list like this. Uh, yeah, that's There's a fact. Just, which is <laughs> probably why I'm poor because I get sucked down this rabbit hole with these, these, <laughs> these idiots. Um, I mean it's – and I always come back to these when I'm like – like like when I signed up for this 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 program, it was when I was in a really like kind of bad place, and I didn't have the money to do it mm-hmm. because I and it was desperation that get that drives that drove me to sign up for this. I'm like, okay, I've obviously been doing this wrong. These people must have the answer. Let me go give them my money, and they can tell me the way. Right. And you know, obviously that's that's like my personal personality flaw. That and I admit that I I completely own up to the fact that I got I got hooked. You know, right. bought hook, line, and sinker, and it's not the first time. And these people just use use the carrot to get you in there. And I'm still paying for this damn thing. I'll be paying for it for another six, seven, eight months. And it's a le- it's a le- it's a lesson to me every time I see that credit card bill come through. I'm yes. like, they they do an amazing job of marketing. Uh, the website's very slick. Uh, they make it, you know, very convincing. There's there's bits and parts of it that that are good. I mean, I'm sure that they force you to, you know, sit and brainstorm and and you know take a deeper look at some of the ideas that you might have or come up with things that you may not have even thought about before. And obviously, the whole you know the support system is meant to egg you on. I'm I'm sure that they have plants in there that are always telling stories about how they did this or that to keep people motivated and involved. And it, it's almost cult like once you get into this. And at the end of the day, though, I mean, these things I've always felt are, are like the lottery. It's a tax on the poor. And, and it is. It's definitely like that. And I've gotten – when I was in the middle of the program, I got into an argument, an email argument with the, the guy who started it, Noah. Because mm-hmm. um, one of the quotes is uh, the Einstein quote about doing the same thing in insanity that we talked about before. Which isn't actually his quote, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I wrote him. I'm like, hey, you know that that's not attributed to him. So he – like I sent him the Wikipedia articles and all the other literature about the – that's not – it can't be proved that Einstein ever said that. Mm-hmm. So um, – <laughs> but, but, but it's not about <laughs> no, no, the no, facts. So, it's not about the facts, Jason. It's about whether you want to believe it or not. <laughs> exactly. So he, write, he wrote me back saying, well – that's not proof that he didn't say it. Oh, so, my God. Exactly. So <laughs> if I got that, I would drive to his house and punch him in the face. Well, I'd already paid for the I'd already, I'd already paid for the program. So um, I'm trying to find I wrote it. I wrote back. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, not. Uh, um, oh, Gandhi. That's that's it. Right. Uh, I, I can't find it. So I basically I wrote back and said, uh, uh, so with that logic, then this quote is accurate, and I'm like, uh, "Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we dine in hell." Mahatma Gandhi, <laughs> you know. <laughs> with that logic, that quote is because you can't say Mahatma Gandhi never said 
he Petri. Probably, I'm know? sure he used all of those words, just maybe not in that particular combination. You know, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, this that whole mindset. Um, it's uh, I just I don't even know how people like that sleep at night. They know what they're doing. He's not a dumb guy. He knows he is taking money out of people who can basically not really afford to give him that money. That's that's his business. I, I just oh, it makes me ill. Yep, pretty much. So let this be uh, let this be a warning out there to these get rich quick schemes. And there there are people that have actually made money out of there because some people just need the motivation to get out there and do it. But yeah, you can you can do it on your own. Yeah, you know. You can. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I said, I'm sure there's there's some really great stuff in there, and it's always nice to have a group of people around you that are supporting you, um, that are you know willing to listen to your stories and tell you to keep on going, and you know you're good enough and you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you and are going to buy your book, all nine of them, all that'll happen. But uh, I don't, you're not going to. Uh, this is just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this makes this makes money for them. More so than it'll ever make me for anybody else. A hell of a lot, and and you know the whole premise of like we're charging this much for the uh, the program to make sure that you are serious and committed to it. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to put in your your pound of flesh yeah. before you're serious. Because if it's it was, if it was fifteen ninety five, then you know you wouldn't be serious. You wouldn't get the results, and it would look bad on us. Well, you know what? I didn't get the results. I'm still not sure that I will ever get the results because. A thousand dollar a month business, yeah. Even if it turns into a two thousand dollar a month business or whatever, it's is that where you really what you really want to be doing is coming up with ideas of something you've never thought of before that you never wanted to do just to make a buck. Yeah, it's like do the things that you like and figure out how to make money on it and live your fun life. And seriously, mm-hmm. just don't just stop giving these people money. I There's agree. so I- many of these shysters out there. Yep, I completely agree. It's it's uh, like I said though, it's really well marketed, and p- some people just uh, this is going to appeal to them, and they're going to throw their money at it, and things aren't going to change. It's you know, it's Anthony Robbins. It's this stuff has been around since day one. Snake salesman, snake well, oil no. salesman. Go back. Well, if you go back and read uh, the Seneca Letters from a Stoic, ninety percent of the uh, self help book series is summed up in the first chapter of that book, <laughs> and he said it better. Yeah. Eh, well, I'm sorry you you went for that, but object lesson and gave us a good 20 minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. I, I suffer so others may prosper. <laughs> I also like that on their site, they've thrown up a whole bunch of logos from like Wired, Lifehacker, uh, CNET, and a couple other places, but they don't actually link to anything. So I'd have to go to Lifehacker and search for them. And I'm sure it's not a very, I'm sure that the articles aren't glowing. Well, here, and here's another trick that the, uh, a lot of these sales guys do just because those logos are there doesn't mean that there was an article. Right. I mean, for, for these guys, there probably were because Noah Gent is a yeah. pretty out, there, probably out, artic- out front kind of guy, but it's probably an article about him starting this up and that's about it. <laughs> or an app or, or about AppSumo in general, because AppSumo sells other programs that I've bought before, which are just piles of shit. Um, I, 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 I spent, probably two, 300 bucks on different courses on like Facebook marketing, just to see if there is a general secret out there. And there, here's the tip. There is not, yeah, <laughs> um, there is not. every, everything you need to know about Facebook marketing. You could have done in a, a third of the price of the course by just uh, doing a B testing and trying it out on your own. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly. most of it. You can make more, you can do that, do this stuff easier, cheaper, and you'll learn more by just going out and doing it instead yeah. of, having them tell you what to do because half the time, by the time this stuff gets to a a class, 
it's outdated and it's already changed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting lightheaded here from looking at this crap. Well, close uh, it down. Go get a beer. I got to get back to work. <laughs> Hopefully, you make a thousand dollars with this idea. Um. Well, <laughs> no, it's time for yeah. real work from real clients that makes you real money. Uh, don't join. Don't join the failure Olympics. Yeah, it actually made me more than a thousand dollars this month. So I'm going to go back and and make them happy. Yeah. All right. Well, you go for that. I mean, I'm just looking at this one paragraph alone that would just keep me away from everything. The Failure Olympics. It's shocking how many things scare people from starting a business, family, failing, and even succeeding in you know italics. This is why we made the Failure Olympics, a set of tests that will help make you fearless. Shown here are students taking the smile challenge. Uh, no, I'm out already. Done. Nobody's going to make me take a smile challenge in the Failure Olympics. <laughs> and there's our title. <laughs> There are no smiles in the Failure Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. All right, man. Good talking to you. I Good will uh, to you too. Eat, uh, a lot, eat a lot of turkey and uh, drink a lot of beer, and I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll have our tryptophan episode next week. Let's see if we can stay awake. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at grumpyoldgeeks.com. On Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks or email them at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.